0: Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe-tapping music from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s, with yours truly, Glenn Robinson. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more, on everything from Mayolian and Xenophone and by everyone from Aronson to Zerke. On this evening's show, despite the toe-tapping music, we'll be getting drowsy... We'll fix some things, have a segment all about you, go to the ballet, and give thanks. Last week, Lee S. Roberts had his own birthday segment. One of Roberts' tunes I didn't play is Drowsy Baby, a hushing song adapted from Gabriel Morel's Norwegian Cradle song. I'm still not going to play it, but here are some other drowsy songs, starting with the Green Brothers Novelty Band.
1: Mr. Moon man rousy light. Ole 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 ole. Odele, ole, 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 ole. Ole, ole, ole. Ole, ole, ole. Ole, ole, ole. Mammy is a-callin' to her little kinky head. I can hear a callin' to her little kinky head. Shadows falling, don't you think it's time for bed? Oh the dee, dee dee ole 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 oh ole ole dee ole 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 on a drowsy noonshine ain't much time to shine.
0: We had a drowsy segment back in 2010, but I'm happy to say there are three more drowsy songs being heard on the show for the first time. We started off with the Green Brothers Novelty Band. Not their first time on the show either, but the first time for their version of Drowsy Head. Last time you heard it by the Jeanette Dance Orchestra, and you'll remember that Drowsy Head was written by Irving Berlin and Von Delith. This recording was made by Edison on April 14, 1921, and issued under catalog number 50797. Next was banjoist Vessel Osman with Drowsy Dempsey. He also recorded it for Columbia the same year, but the record we heard, Victor 5597, sounds pretty darn good for having been made 113 years ago on October fifth, nineteen 1908. I don't know who Dempsey was, but Drowsy Dempsey was written by George L. Lansing and Richard E. Hildreth. We finished up with Drowsy Moonlight, written by Spencer Williams. The label of Harmony 696-H, recorded July 21st, 1928, credits Frank Wallace. In fact, Frankie Marvin. I'm, in fact, Glenn Robison, and you and I are listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. Back in July of 2020, we had a vocabulary lesson about the word emendation, which, you will recall, goes all the way back to the mid-15th century, and is a noun of action from the past participle stem of the Latin emendare, and means the act of altering for the better or correcting what is erroneous or faulty. Usually applied to a text or document, it is, more simply, a fix. I started that segment with Get It Fixed by Fletcher Henderson and the Dixie Stompers. In putting this show together, I happened to come across another version of Get It Fixed, which will start off this completely different set of fixes?
1: Papa, papa, let me tell to you, Daddy, Daddy, is what you must do when you come around the precious turtle dove. You better come here ready if you wanna win my love Get it fixed, sweet papa Get it fixed, to treat me proper Don't come here telling me a lot of lies Cause a lying man I do despise Get it fixed, I'm screaming I'm on to all of your tricks. I don't wanna mess around with my sweet love. So daddy, get it fixed. Thank you. Thank you. Can't you see that couples on a school man two is company and free the crowd? When each little lad and lady finds a spot so nice and shady, that your are cute say, good night, good night. Oh man, go and hide your face behind the clouds. Oh, Can't you see that trouble was a fool of oh, you, man? To his company and treason, you might as you well have a thousand people standing round me, rubbing twinkling. Shady the that's your cue to say, good night, good night, good night. Good night. Right. and <laughs> if they want to, now listen. To
0: We started off that Fix It set with Clarence Williams, Blue 5, and Get It Fixed, a Clarence Williams original. The vocalist on OK 8267, recorded December 15, 1925, was Eva Taylor. Next was the Victor Military Band, conducted by Walter B. Rogers, with Little Man in a Fix. That's from Victor 17963, recorded July 1, 1925. Little Man in a Fix is a folk dance from the area of Randers in central Denmark. It's danced by two couples, and in her book Folk Dances of Denmark, Elizabeth Berschanel explains that the men take each other with a left arm hook and with their right arm around the lady's waist, run around against the sun. The lady's left hand rests on the man's left shoulder, and the faster the ladies are swung around, the more they must lean over backward. Flora Elizabeth Berschanel was born October 18, 1875, in Richmond, Indiana. After graduating from Earlham College in 1896 with a degree in English, she went to Boston University's Sargent College School of Physical Training. In 1902, she joined the faculty of Teachers College, Columbia University, and began incorporating dance into physical education. Then, for the next several years, she traveled extensively researching folk dances in the U.S., Canada, and Europe. She taught dance in the New York public school system and was an inspector of athletics for the New York Department of Education. She founded the American Dance Society, the Archive of American Folk Dance, and authored 15 books on folk dancing. Elizabeth Berschanel died November 21, 1959. Nora Bays and Jack Norworth wrap things up with Turn Off Your Light, Mr. Moon Man. That was recorded by Victor on April 24, 1911. So, what does that have to do with emendation? Well, Turn Off Your Light, Mr. Moon Man, written by Fred Barnes and R.P. Weston, is from the three-act musical Little Miss Fix It. It opened at the Globe Theater on April third, 1911. This segment is all about you. No, not you. You. Here's Roy Fox. <laughs>
2: the inspiration of my fondest dreams. Here's the situation, this is how it seems. You can make me happy, you can make me blue. All I am or hope to be is really up to you, you. Gee, but you're wonderful, you, lovely you. You completely satisfy, I'm confessing That is why there's nobody like you You, so much depends upon you Tell me true Will it be my fate at all? Will I ever rate it all with somebody like you? Just to think that you love me makes my future look strong I swear by stars above me I'm damned if I don't feel like writing a song A song about you Music and words about you Lovely you Let me think of praises far Let me sing of praises far No I like you <laughs>
0: We started this You segment with You. That was Roy Fox and his orchestra with Denny Dennis providing the vocal on HMV BD-5082, recorded in London on June 26, 1936. Next was the International Novelty Orchestra with only You. Lewis James sang the vocal refrain on Victor-19380 from June 6, 1924. Only You was written by Will B. Johnstone and Tom Johnstone for the musical comedy? I'll say she is. It opened at the Casino Theater on May 19, 1924, and ran for 313 performances. No, not the Casino Theater here in Avalon. It hadn't even been built yet. But the one built in 1882 on 23rd Street in New York. It was the first theater in New York to be lit entirely by electricity and the first theater to feature a chorus line, the Floridora Sextet, in the 1900 production of the musical comedy Floridora. Unfortunately, the casino theater was demolished in 1930. Only You was followed by Annette Hanshaw and That's You, Baby, from Columbia 1812-D, April 5, 1929. That's You, Baby was composed by Con Conrad and Archie Gottler, with the words by Sidney Mitchell. It was featured in the Fox movie Tone Follies of 1929, where it's sung by Jackie Cooper, Sue Carroll, and Stepan Fetchit. We finished up with Carl Fenton's orchestra and It's You. This It's You, written by Con Conrad, is not to be confused with the Boswell sisters' version of It's You, written by Andy Razaf and Fats Waller, or Harry Richmond's It's You, written by Richmond, Abner Silver, and Ebner Greenberg. And, of course, you remember that Carl Fenton was a pseudonym for Gus Henschen, musical director at Brunswick. So this recording is on Brunswick, 2158, made around September of 1921. I'm Glenn Robison, and the show is Rapidly Rotating Records. We're here each and every Sunday evening at 6 on Island Radio, FM 88.7 KISL Avalon and K-I-S-L This and all of our previous shows are also available 24-7, on demand, anytime at all online at RapidlyRotatingRecords.com. As I've said before, much of the reason I do this show is to learn about the composers, artists, history, and culture of the era, and this week I learned about Lena Basquet. You may already know all about her, but in case not... Lena Copeland-Basket was born April 18, 1907, in San Mateo, California, to Frank E. Basket, a drugstore owner, and his wife, Gladys Lee Rosenberg. She began dancing as a child, and the story goes that someone from the Victor Talking Machine Company saw her dancing to a record in her father's store one day, and hired her to advertise Victorolas at the 1915 Panama-Pacific Exposition in San Francisco, as a baby ballerina. She later studied ballet formally, but she was ultimately far better known as an actress. And there's far more to her very interesting but somewhat tragic life than I have time to share here, but there are plenty of articles about her online. What sparked this whole segment is a photograph my wife sent me of Lena Basquette, on point, precariously practicing ballet on a rooftop ledge of the 28-story Hotel Commodore on 42nd Street in New York City in 1926. Her career lasted over 70 years, and Lena Basquette lasted 87 years, passing away at her home in Wheeling, West Virginia, on September 30, 1994. So, in honor of ballerina Lena Basquette is a set of rapidly rotating records about Ballet.
3: Then time and day He sleeps all the rain He got a job in their belly One night food made us sleep she fell on her back with always a She almost located her hips. They thought she was dead from a bump on her head. She should be in bed, but instead. Becky is back in their belly, kicking how good could the sky. Becky is back in their belly, doing a thing fly look how she goes up on her toes she pose on her toes on her big brother's nose she flies she can't flitter and spither her feet they go with her she holds up the foot while she smiles with the face she triples and skipples all over the place. Chaked with a shiver, with a her, her father and mother will never forgive her since Becky is back in the belly. Becky is back in their belly. Her baby's heartbeat. Becky is back in the belly. Look, she can kneel to a split. She kicks to the front, to the back, to the side. Someday she'll kick and come into a side. She kneels, it's a twister. But kneeling so much on her knee is a blister. She goes all around, she goes all around the place. She gets herself busy and falls on her face. No one can adore her. They'll kill her or cure her. Her mother and father is going to insure her since Becky is back in their valley. Come Becky, darling. Mama you to dance for Santa Bloom in the country. Oi, such Look how she does it. Push up the boots with her and don't break the toes. Look how she goes around. She goes around and around, and she never gets busy. Do for mama the dying dog like Pavlova. She's what you call a Russian ballad. What ballast? What ballast? I can't get over it. A father should have such a ballad. suckle, don't forget the twist. For that, I pay two dollars a less. Look out, darling, look out you don't break your technique. A father and mother are going to ensure her since he Becky is back in the valley. Oh.
0: Fats Waller at the 88th, November 16, 1934, playing his composition, Clothesline Ballet, on Victor 25015. Before that, Fanny Bryce with Becky is back in the ballet, composed by Leo Edwards with the lyrics by Blanche Merrill, the same team who brought us the baseball hit Ike Don't Make No Strike. That's from Victor 45323, waxed July 13th, 1922. There you have a couple of tunes about ballet, but in looking for records to include in this segment, I came across this piece of actual ballet music. I include it because I think every single one of you will recognize this tune, but very few will know what it's from. no doubt heard that tune in any number of classic cartoons, TV commercials, and comedy routines. But do you know whence it came? That's right, Pizzicati from the third act of the 1876 ballet Sylvia by Leo Delib. That was the San Francisco Symphony Orchestra under the direction of Alfred Hertz from Victor 1166B, recorded April 24, 1926. This coming Thursday is Thanksgiving Day here in the U.S., and I have plenty for which to be thankful, not least of which is all of you listening to this show, and one listener in particular. I've mentioned that one of the few games I have on my phone is a boggle-type game called Word Hero. Although you're not playing directly against other individuals, your score and those of everyone else playing a particular round online are displayed at the end of the round. Players may create taglines between their names and score. Many people choose to have religious or political statements as their tagline. Mine says, I play 78 RPM records of toe-tapping music of the 1920s and 30s on KISL-FM 88.7 Avalon. All shows are archived and available at rapidlyrotatingrecords.com. Remarkably, I've had a number of people email me to say they were introduced and listened to the show based on my word hero tagline. God bless the internet. Anyway, the reason I bring this up is that following a game a couple of weeks ago, in the score listing, a few entries above mine, was someone whose tagline read, The rapidly rotating records show always makes me happy. I was utterly shocked. Shocked, I say, but unfortunately the screen changed before I could make note of the player's username. I've looked for it every time I've played the game since, but haven't seen it again. I'm thankful for that word hero player and listener, and if you happen to hear this, please send me an email to Glenn with two N's at rapidlyrotatingrecords.com. Of course, the rest of you are also encouraged to send email or post messages on Facebook or the website as well. Now, I've got a couple of records apropos to the upcoming Thanksgiving holiday. Here's Benny Rubin to explain all about how Thanksgiving came to be.
4: Ladies and people, I am now going to tell you why is Thanksgiving and for cause. Thanksgiving was commenced about 300 years ago, if not longer. It was the time when the pilgrimage was coming to this country on the good ship Mayflower, of which Captain John Smith was the captain, and no relation to the Smith Brothers Coughbill. They was landing here on Plymouth Rock, which it is in Little Rock, PA, Cincinnati, Pennsylvania. And so soon as they was landing here on Plymouth Rock, the first thing they were seeing was Indians. Nice, big, black, brown Indians. And right away John Smith was getting stuck on an Indian girl named Pocahontas. He was loving Pocahontas to pieces. Now, just because he was loving Pocahontas, the difference people wanted to cut off his head and throw it in his face. But Pocahontas was running to his rescue, and she was saving him his life. And after she was saving him his life, what do you think was doing that dirty dog John Smith? You don't have to ask me, I'm going to tell you. He was giving her the air. In other words, he was leaving her apartment in the wigwam flap. And when John Smith was doing this, he did not know he was going to cause a terrible cats after me. He did not know that the poor pilgrims would have to suffer the insequences, because the Indians was getting angry on the pilgrimage. Now, the poor pilgrims didn't have what to eat. They were dying from the lack of nutrition. They didn't have no grocery stores where to buy groceries like we are having. If they wanted to have groceries, they had to go hunting and shooting in the woods. But how could they go hunting and shooting in the woods if the Indians were shooting on them with the bows and the harris? So you see, my dear people, every day was a hot time in the old town tonight. So what did they done finally, Leslie and Sammy Cullen. They got a hold of a feller by the name of Paul Revere, a jockey. Paul Revere jumped on his horse, Tony, and he was riding in the woods. He was going up the woods, down the woods, into the He rode the six thousand, the six, it's the wrong story. He was riding in the woods. Why was he riding in the woods? To see if he could catch a piece of hippopotamus, a rhinos, a piece of herring, anything at all. As he was riding in the woods, was coming to his ears a very peculiar noise. What was the peculiar noise he was hearing? It was gibble, gobble, gibble, gobble. He thought, what kind of a silly thing is this? He thought, aha, I know what this is. This is the Indians trying to talk to me to make peace with the pilgrims. So he looked around high and low and hither and thither, but he couldn't find no Indians. All he could see was large chickens with swollen tonsils. So he jumped down from his horse. He picked up a chicken. He took it to the pilgrims. He said, look, my good people, you are having food like you was never eating before in your life. And all the pilgrims was jumping from happiness, and the little pilgrimage was happiness and faith, that's double. And everybody was glad like anything, for was speaking a fellow there, John Alden, and he says, Do not eat the chicken. And his wife Priscilla says, John, why do you say that? The people are hungry like anything. And he says, We cannot eat the chicken because we do not know if the chicken is kosher. So they sent for the rabbi and the rabbi was coming. Rabbi Miles standing. He was examining the chicken and he says, This is delicious groceries. Go ahead and eat to your heart's contempt. And the way they was eating the hot turkey and the cranberry sauce was a pleasure for looking on them. Well anyway, ever since this time, every November comes the NO story from Thanksgiving. The butchers are thanking the people who invented the scales. the people are giving thanks because they're catching a holiday off with pay, and I'm thanking you for listening to this record.) <laughs> <laughs>
0: Victor Studio Band, under the direction of Nat Shilkrit, was assembled on August 21, 1923, to record Thanksgiving Polka. The group was credited as the Jolly Companions. Victor 77044 was aimed at the German, Polish, and Czech markets, and 77045 to the Lithuanian, Norwegian, and Swedish markets. And who wrote Thanksgiving Polka? You might think someone like Yaramir Vevoda, composer of Beer Barrel Polka. Nah, it was Nat Shilkrit. And before the Thanksgiving polka, you heard American comedian and actor Benny Rubin explaining just as clear as Thursday's turkey gravy all about how Thanksgiving came to be. Benny Rubin was born February 2nd, 1899, and you'll be hearing more of his lucid lessons from history when he gets his own segment on the February 6th, 2022 show. I'm the semi-lucid Glenn Robison, and I'm very pleased that you've chosen to spend this past hour with me listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. I wish you a very happy and meaningful Thanksgiving, and hope you'll click in or tune in again next week. Of course, as always, I thank you for your very kind attention.